Now, what this project wants to do is basically show that what I have lived in Rome has been lived by any other person in Berlin, in London, in Rio de Janeiro, in New Delhi, in Oakland, in New York, and so on. This photography podcast is brought to you by Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. Here is your today's host, W. Scott Olsen, with another fascinating conversation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast from Frames Magazine. My name is Scott Olson, and today we have something really intriguing and really special. We have a project that's been born in the minds of Frames Magazine and one of our members, and this is going to be important stuff. Today, we're talking with Giulio D'Arcole. Giulio is in Rome. He is a fantastic photographer who has traveled the world, who has worked in a variety of uh, photographic endeavors, both his own work and then commercial work. But the social conscious avenue is the one that we're going down today. This this is work that is going to, I hope, really impact the world. Julio, you're in Rome. How is Rome today? How are you? Um, hi, Scott. Thank you so much for having me here and uh, for this interview, this podcast. And uh, thanks for to Frames uh, for organizing it. Rome is beautiful today. We are at the end of the summer almost, but uh, it doesn't seem so because it's quite, quite warm still. Oh, and we, we have a drought going on over here in the middle of the U.S., so I feel for you with the warm, although we certainly don't have the charm uh, of, of Rome either. You know, Julio, you have, you have come up with an idea that I think is important and timely and necessary. It is no, no stranger to anyone that COVID has profoundly affected the entire planet. It's changed commerce, it's changed travel, it's changed uh, people's health. And it has especially changed the work that photographers do. Photographers obviously can respond to social challenges and environmental challenges in a way that other art forms can't. Tell me about this project that you and Tamash have cooked up. T- tell me what, describe it for me, but also tell me what you hope to accomplish. Okay, the the concept of, of these projects uh, came uh, actually quite early when uh, COVID started, because to me, the change that we were going to face was quite evident. Plus, I had COVID myself, and, uh, and I could experience uh, how, how bad it is, is to be in a complete isolation. Uh, oh so I, I, started thinking, uh, I started thinking about it, and uh, what I saw around me was, on one hand, how, how should I say, comforting, but on the other end, uh, it was definitely not. I'm, as you said, I'm from Rome, and that means I'm Italian, That's me, that means I'm uh, European. And what we saw in the first stage of COVID was that Europe, that is supposed to be united, actually was not very much united uh, in coping uh, with the pandemic, uh, meaning that every nation was somehow having uh, their own rules and uh, going, uh, you know, one nation will go one way, another nation will go the other way. Somebody wanted to close the borders, somebody else didn't want Pretty much everything was also di- was dictated not so much by the health 
emergency uh, and situation, but, but by some sort of uh, economic or political stance, which didn't help at all to tackle uh, uh, COVID uh, as a, a united continent. So the project came in order to highlight that to win such such a pandemic, you need Europe, but then we will talk also about something else, as united as possible, as much as the European Union should be. And therefore, the, 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 the project uh, came by. The project, in fact, if you want, I can describe how, how I think it should uh, develop and, and, and the structure of it. Well, first of all, tell people what it what it is that you are wanting them to submit, because this this is a project where you are inviting photographs that somehow respond to the COVID crisis. Absolutely, photography has always been uh, one of the most immediate ways to document reality and and what happens in 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 our in our nations, towns, uh, streets, homes, and, and uh, uh, workplaces. And the situation of COVID uh, was, was uh, gave photographer, photographers exactly this, uh, this uh, chance to document uh, what was going on in, uh, you know, where, where, wherever they live. So the kind of photography that I'm asking to submit is anything that can be related to the COVID period, to the COVID time. And we know that we have a plethora of, of photographers that have photographed, and that I did it myself, uh, the empty streets of towns that uh, were usually totally overcrowded. And, and, and all in a sudden, they were spooky and ghosty. Uh, but also the isolation in the houses uh, or the stress in uh, and uh, the saturation of uh, of uh, hospitals and and medical sites or uh, the problem in the workplaces and uh, and uh, the schools also where uh, you know sometimes you have uh, some sort some sometimes uh, students could go there and then uh, for the most part they had to have uh, in education uh, on uh, you know through the internet so, and, and also what I noticed is that it has been an incredible volano to uh, inspire photographers of re-seeing, revisiting their own identity. Never like this time I have seen uh, so many studies of photographers doing uh, self-portraits. Right. And, uh, and it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting when you have nothing outside of you, uh, out, out of you that, that you can photograph. You only, you can only photograph yourself, which is not easy at all. I don't do it because I don't have enough guts. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but many people did and I admire all these people. So this is the kind of photography I'm asking, I would like people to submit because the, the project itself will be like a sort of mosaic of all these different situations. And, and later on, I will explain to you why it's been, it has been thought this way. Well, this, this is important and I think fascinating work. And I want to tell everybody, there is a marvelous video on YouTube. And it, it's under Julio's name. And I'm going to spell his name here for you. It's G-I-U-L-I-O-D apostrophe 
E-R-C-O-L-E. If you search his name at YouTube or you search the title of the video, which is Rome at the Times of Lockdown, you will see an evocative, sometimes spooky, very moody portrait of Rome without many people in it, uh, which is astounding because I think every picture of Rome I've ever seen uh, has been uh, awash with people. But Julio, you know, you're absolutely right that COVID has caused photographers to reimagine um, themselves as artists and, and their work, and especially people that are, you know, portrait photographers or, you know, they're into commercial photography of weddings and, and stuff like that. Their business just went away. And I know a number of portrait photographers that have turned to photographing their gardens or, or flowers or, or something like that. I know a couple that have gotten big into drone photography of, of landscape stuff. So you're not only looking for images of hospital wards or people in masks. You're, you're looking for any of the responses that artists have had to make because of the situation, right? That That is correct. I mean, I think that this project should not limit itself to the sort of uh, WordPress style. What we should explore is how COVID has changed and has influenced our way of being humans in our society, in our homes, and uh, in our social life, you know, or the lack of of social life. Mm -hmm. Uh, My Mm -hmm. photography, my own photography, has always focused on the social and the yeah on the social aspect of things as and and focusing on humanity and i think that this whole situation we are we have gone through for the past 16 18 months now is is going to is going to reveal to reveal this i mean either we act together as one human species yeah or we face it individually but if we face it individually we cannot win you know we cannot mm-hmm. we cannot we cannot come out as winners and we also lose the chance that somehow not because i want to see the glass always half full but but i think it has given us the chance to to rethink about our life as as a life to live in a community so that's what i want to highlight you know, Julia, we we don't talk about this enough, I think, uh, the way that photography and, and frankly, any of the arts is a unifying medium. It transcends language. It transcends, you know, cultural habits and stereotypes. You have a vision here to sort of bring Europe together around the image or the images, you know, that, that are coming into this project. And you envision the first of the two threads for this as being Europe, and then you envision you know a, a larger definition as well. Tell me why why the two threads? What is it you're chasing there? Well, first of all, because the the first one, the one about Europe, is as I was saying before, because being European and having seen at the beginning this fight uh, amongst nations on. Uh, what to do when everything, every every nation was going in a different direction. That was pretty traumatic. But mm-hmm. then after that, you know, Europe has kind of learned how to move as almost 
almost one united continent. <laughs> but we cannot this, we cannot say the same about the world. I mean, there is a there is a huge difference between how COVID has been tackled in in Europe, has been tackled in Russia, has been tackled in China, has been tackled in the US, has been tackled in Brazil. Not to speak about the incredible difference that still exists between uh, the northern part of the planet and the southern part of the planet. And if one heals and the other one doesn't, then uh, we will never get out of it. You know what I mean? So that's that's why I think that a global uh, kind of multimedia event that this this project wants to be is essential to instill and to inspire this sense of, uh, of, of common house. Now, this is something that uh, not, I'm, I'm not saying because I'm from Rome, but it's a very close mm, reference to me. Uh, Pope Francis has, has said for the past uh, four or five years, we live in a common house and mm-hmm. we have to take care of the common house altogether. You know, so that's that's what I that's what I I like to think, and that's what I like to aspire. But I'm not saying because I want to I want to make any sort of of Christian propaganda. Even if we leave re- religion alone, this is a, a, a lay uh, concept that is still very valid. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Julio, the, the, the social consciousness here is moving and, and important. And I hope everybody listening goes through their files and, and looks for the, the very best work they've got to contribute here. This project is only, as we're, as we're doing this recording, this project is only a, a few days old and you've already got a good number of submissions. I imagine by the time this recording comes out, there will be a link on, on the frames, outlets and stuff. But how, how are people going to be able to see the work that's been submitted? How are they going to be able to submit? Okay, in order to submit, there is a um, there is a, a form. In the first stage, has been shared by Tomas on Frames newsletter, but we had an agreement in the very last days that the same form will be shared on uh, on Frames uh, Facebook and uh, the other media that. Uh, Tomash uh, um, has under his his wings. So, and then I will also share the same form on uh, my own uh, social media and with the uh, uh, with other photographer groups uh, that I'm part of. So, I'm actually looking at having as many submissions as possible because, as I was as I was saying before, my desire is to build a mosaic of of photographs. Uh, Now, the innovative, the very, 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 what I think is a very innovative concept here is, uh, and I hope that this will not deter uh, photographers from from, uh, submitting the work. I, I spoke about being a community. Now, what this project wants to do is basically show that what I have lived in Rome, has been lived by any other person in Berlin, in London, in Rio de Janeiro, in New Delhi, in Oakland, in New York, and so on and so forth. So just to give you an example that people can visualize easily, what I intend to do is not having an, an exhibition on 
using prints, but a projection. And in this projection, the photos will dissolve in one another, right? Let's say going from the Piazza Navona in Rome uh, to Alexanderplatz to Place de la Concorde to uh, Times Square to Plaza de Mayo and, and, and uh, Playa de Mayo and, and so on and so forth. You know, so it's like we see all these squares and then we will see all these streets and then we see the, the, the homes and then we see the hospitals and then we see the, the, uh, the schools and so on and so forth and, and the faces of the people, right? But we are not categorizing them, right, in a sort of geographical way because one dissolves in one another. So it's like I'm inside Piazza Navona, but then... At the same time, I'm having exactly the same experience because then I'm fully immersed in Alexanderplatz or in Times Square, as I was saying, right? And that's why I say, I'm saying I hope that this will not deter uh, photographers' intention to submit the work. It's like if for the first time since social media, right, where everybody is kind of pointing the camera at itself or look for a kind of a selfish visibility on on these social media. Now we are instead focusing on the situation, on the community. You see what I'm saying? And therefore, it truly becomes a global project, not not something that is strictly geographical or strictly biographic. And, and how how is this going to be seen? Where, where and how is it going to be presented? The idea is to have, as I was saying, a full immersion experience. Therefore, uh, the project is conceived to have the images projected on uh, 360 degrees inside a room. So ah. we are basically inside this room and we have these images floating around us or projected in front of us 360 degrees. And we have this sensorial experience of living, you know, in all these different places, in all these different homes, in all these different hospitals at once. But we are not necessarily called to say, oh, yes, that, that is Rome. Oh, yes, that, that is Berlin. Oh, yes. You know, no, no. We are in the same... Okay, I was using, sorry, I was using uh, the a kind of expression I learned in New York, which starts with an F, but uh, <laughs> in, in, the same, in the same planet, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Julia, what, what are you going to do when you get 15,000 submissions? A lot of work. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a good answer. I like that. Let's take just a quick break. We hope very much that you are enjoying today's episode. The very fact that you are listening to this podcast suggests that photography means a lot to you. And if that's the case, you might want to have a look at Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. We truly believe that excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit readframes.com to find out more about our publication. And now, back to today's conversation. I, I am... 
really impressed and, and really hopeful. And I, we're going to come back to this project in just a second. Um, but you you do not come to this just as somebody looking up at a window thinking, you know, golly, we ought to do some pictures. You have a long and, and distinguished career uh, as a photographer yourself. And I want to tell everybody, you know, go look up uh, Julio on Instagram. Go look him up at Lens Culture, at Frames, at I mean, all over the place. And you, you've got lots of different threads to your work as well. Tell, well, t- tell me how you got into photography. That, that's always one of my favorite questions. You know, t- tell me how the, the, the image first spoke to you and you decided a camera was the way to go. Okay, let me let me just start by saying that you're very, very kind to me, and I do appreciate it. But I have seen the work of many photographers, many photographers on frames, and not just on frames. And I, I do like my own photography sometimes, but uh, I know that I have a long way to go to reach a truly not perfect because perfection doesn't exist, but a level of quality that uh, has has its place in you know in in the uh, photography world. Having said that, of course, as I said, I have I have some projects of mine that I I do appreciate, and then some other people appreciate. And and here I come to answer your question about how I I I started. Okay, I'm 60 years old, so I started working with analog when I was uh, in my 20s. And as many people, I just photographed for the fun of it uh, during my trips and so on and so forth. Then in 2003, I went to live in Kenya, and 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 after having be having worked as a producer, television producer first in Italy and then in New York for six years. And for the last two years in New York, I worked with Rossellini Associati, Rossellini being the son of Roberto Rossellini, the very famous uh, Italian director, and with Global Vision by Rory O'Connor. And with them, I worked on a documentary that was shot in India uh, called The Hole in the Wall, which kind of opened my eyes to the document social documentary in new york though even though i was working as a producer in my own free time i was more gear i was more lean to uh, do writing uh, rather than uh, photography but when i went to africa and i started doing uh, documentaries on humanitarian aid projects uh, then i started uh, being more focused on uh, on 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 photography uh, though I always kept it for myself, I didn't think, I thought it was not really great, even though many people that saw my photos uh, said, oh, your photos are so good, oh, congratulations, so on and so on. But I always thought, oh, these are my friends and they just want to be nice. And, uh, and I appreciate that. Then uh, finally, one day, um, a communication person from UNICEF saw my work and she said, they're really, really good. And uh, can we <laughs> buy them to publish them? And that, honestly, it was a boost. It was an incredible uh, boost for my ego and for my self-esteem, which is quite rarely very high. So so I decided to be much more uh, focused on my photography and I started doing more and more and more and more. Then I had, I was very lucky that an amazing photographer friend of mine came to Kenya and we did three trips together and 
one in uh, Turkana, on the Lake Turkana, in the northern part of Kenya, one in the Omo Valley in Ethiopia, and one in Namibia. And just by looking at the way he was working and the way he was working on his, photo, his photos in post-production, I must say, I learned a lot and, and my approach changed completely. And, and then that then is really where I can say my path began. When when you say your work changed completely, in terms of technical aspects or in terms of subject and composition, what changed? Technically, but much more, I would say, yes, the attention to composition, which to me is the number one thing one has to look, you know, in, in photography. Uh, during the co- when I had COVID, I, I was under like uh, 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 <laughs> bombs of cortisone for two months. So I, I didn't sleep for two months. Uh, I slept oh. like hardly three hours per night. And I watched so many documentaries uh, about <laughs> photography. It's not even funny. And, and <laughs> let me tell you that, I mean, besides, you know, Ricard de Bresson and all the others, which are amazing, the one that really inspired me a lot was Sam Abel, a landscape photographer. I mean, that really kind of opened my mind in terms of composition. And, mm-hmm. and, but that was, that, that was recent. Uh, but it was a path that I, that I began, that I started, like, I would say, probably 10 years ago. No, 15 years ago now. Okay. Um, Julia, one of the things that I find really special about your African work, and and, and we'll get to the Rome work here in a minute, but your images from Africa is that at least the ones that you've um, shared on the web are pretty much joyful, celebratory images. These these are not doom and and despair and war and, and all the real problems that are there. You have found a way to really capture celebration and joy. I'm thinking of the, there's images of uh, children playing in, in a very fine sand uh, on, on, on a riverbed. There's an image of, of, of a woman holding an AK-47, but you point out the reason she's holding it is because of the child she's carrying on her back. Are, are you looking at your work as, as being a kind of argument for joy and celebration, or is that just naturally what you're drawn to? I would say both. I mean, uh, I'm naturally drawn to to the joyful aspect of life. And that doesn't mean I'm a light person. I'm a very boring, heavy person. Uh, <laughs> but, and, but, but that's what attracts me. And what attracts me is humanity. And, uh, and uh, in Africa, yes, it is true. I have been in conflict and post-conflict countries. Uh, and obviously you see, uh, you see what kind of destruction at all levels war can, can bring and what kind of destruction poverty can bring. But in Africa, you can also, and I don't want to sound stereotypical, but you see actually so much joy uh, at the same time and and you see beautiful faces and you see this uh, thriving for for life and and the efforts you know we sometimes uh, you know people say oh africans are so lazy yeah, they they get up at 5 o'clock and they work and and they walk for 2 hours to reach the place of work and then they work their a off you know, and then they go back, and and when they go back, they might be living in a in a room that is like 
10 square meters and, and they live there in five people. And yet, when you go to visit them, let me tell you, and, and I, I've been, I, I visited 15 countries of sub-Saharan Africa doing documentaries on humanitarian projects. When you reach their places, they always, they have nothing. They will still offer you some uh, chai, some tea, you yep. know, and yep. the cookies they have, even they, if, if maybe that's their dinner. You know what I mean? And, 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 and how can you not celebrate that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There is, there is so, there are so many images about war, about depression. I mean, depressing images. And I'm not saying they don't exist. They do exist, but is not the only thing that exists. There are also other, other things that should be celebrated. My very first exhibition that I held at the cultural center in Nairobi was called The Phase of African Dignity. And it was a series of portraits of African people in the different nations where I went. And (laughs) I remember that the last picture, not the last picture, but the last thing that was framed was a mirror. And so the idea was, okay, now look at yourself, <laughs> you know, after oh. having seen all these pictures. So, yeah, I, and life has to be celebrated. Even, you know, it doesn't matter if it's joyful, if it's sad. It has, life is, 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 a, is a full thing. It has all the different emotions in it. And, mm-hmm. and focusing only on one thing is, is, not, is not right. Not focusing on joy you know, it's a loss. It, it is. And I, I can see a connection from your, your focusing on joy to the COVID project, uh, where joy has been sucked out of, of so much, but we're rediscovering it in new things to photograph and new things to, to pay our attention to. You live in Rome. You, you live in a place that's filled with joy. And also has been photographed ever since photographs have been around. I mean, it, it is probably one of the most challenging places to take pictures because everybody's taken every picture already, it seems like sometimes. Tell me about working in Rome, to, you know, both for your own stuff, and then you've got a business there as well. So tell, tell me about your life as a photographer in Rome. Okay, as I said before, I, I lived in New York before and then in Kenya, which means that I came back to Rome in 2014 when I was already 53. And I came, I came back in Rome in the worst time possible besides COVID, which was after the financial financial crisis. So it was oh quite, quite difficult to find a job. First, mm-hmm. because of my age, and second, because of the objective situation. And uh, being uh, kind of resilient, I I said, okay, I have to I have to become creative here. I have to do something, uh, which I would have better done in in Kenya, organizing uh, photo, photo safaris. I would have made much more money then, uh, but. <laughs> I decided to do it in Rome. So I opened my own company, which sounds a great thing, but it's basically me, which is called Rome Photo Fan Tours. And mm-hmm. uh, with this company, I offer uh, a, quite a number of different uh, photo walks, uh, you know, at, at dawn, at uh, uh, sunset, in the evening. I even have a terrific one that is called From Dusk to Dawn, which is basically past dusk because it starts right. at midnight and ends at 7 a.m. Uh, and in these seven hours, I will take people in the most amazing places in Rome to see Rome like not even Roman see in the middle of the night. So 
and then street photography and you know all, all, all what that you can imagine and uh, during my father walks obviously i also teach photography i have to say that in in a matter of one year i was immediately receiving amazing reviews from the people that booked with me and had the, the photo walks with me i might not be the most amazing photographer but people and we go back to the uh, element of joy and 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 the element of fun, which I have in the name of my company, Rome Photo Fun Tours, people have fun mm-hmm. uh, because not only they walk through an amazing town such as Rome, not only they they learn a bit more about photography, but I try to give the best experience they can have in terms of of you know human relation. So it's changing stories and telling and listening. It's very important to listen. And, yes. and so, and so they, they're always very, very happy. I, I understand exactly what you're saying, and there's there's nothing um, that that's more valuable than a good guide, somebody that that can get you to the right places uh, without spending you know six years on your own to discover what they are. I, I would love to go on one of these photo walks with you, but you've got this really wonderful video. You know that that you shot over three days of Rome with nobody in it. You know, t- tell me where this idea came from. Tell me about the experience of shooting. Um, and those of you that are listening, this is the video that's on YouTube. It, it is a it's Rome as Rome at the times of lockdown. Rome in the times of lockdown. But I mean, it's it's an unpopulated, lonely, spooky, evocative place. So tell me about the idea. Tell me about the execution. We had. Two full months of complete lockdown. Nobody could go out uh, unless for very important uh, work reasons. And uh, and I'm a photographer. And I could do that because I'm a photographer. And I got an assignment to do that. So I went out three times on assignment. And it was, it was weird. It was weird because, you know, Differently than many other people that give father walks in Rome. They start at 9 a.m., they start at 10 a.m., they start at 4 p.m. And honestly, I don't understand how they can do that because the light sucks, because Rome is full of people. And I always try, <laughs> not in, in regular times, to start like really like a, a, when, when, the, when the sun rises, you know, mm-hmm. or in the middle of the night so that you can actually see Rome with not very many people and uh, you can really feel the real atmosphere of what we like to call the eternal city. And it's beautiful. Now, in these three times that I went out and, um, and I went out like, yeah, I started very early in the morning. But then I found myself, and there is a photo in, uh, inside this video, at the Colosseum at uh, 12 midday. And you can actually see that it's midday because there are no shadows, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and there was nobody. I mean, I was the only person in the whole area at midday in Rome at the Colosseum. Oh, and, and, and you know, <laughs> that, <laughs> that itself is unbelievable. 
unbelievable. And the same thing it happened in Villa Borghese, and the same happened, you know, in Piazza Navona, and the same happened, you know, somehow in at the Spanish Steps. You know, the Spanish Steps that are always there, you know, hundreds of people sitting on the steps, right? Right. And, and there was nobody, nobody, but not like at 6 a.m., not at 3 a.m. when, you know, in Rome, if you want to see the Trevi Fountain without people, you have to go there between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. Because until 4, you might find somebody at 6, pay, at 6 a.m., the Chinese and the Russians come to have their, their wedding uh, photos, uh, their photo shoots, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> so these are, you know, from, you have a window from 4 to 6 a.m. And then you, during, during the lockdown, you went there any time of the day and of the night, and, and it was empty, empty. It had a beauty that was not beautiful. You see what I'm saying? It was spooky. It was strange. You say, you know, because when I went for my tours, I know that the people would wake up and then take the car, take the bus, go, you know, Rome would get populated and crowded and overcrowded and the klaxon would go off and, you know, like, you know, the, the sirens. And they, no, there you had complete silence and nobody. And it, it, it was really, really, really strange. Very, very strange. But I think that many people experienced that. They did. And just just watching it on, on the video, I am uh, compelled and moved and uh, deeply impressed. Julio, th- this, this is, your work is fantastic. This project is, I think, going to become t- uh, tremendously important. Can I can I add can I add one more thing? Do you mind uh, going back going back to the Rome photo fantus? If you allow me to say that uh, next year I will open uh, well not not in twelve months but maybe, maybe a little more I will open a place that I want to have I want to make a place in Umbria uh, like a, a, a big countryside house to become a creative hub uh, where I will host workshops and I will have host people that want to give workshops on uh, photography and uh, yeah so for future references <laughs> well well sign me up you know one of the subjects that we've got to talk about someday um is, is the whole notion of apprenticeship and mentoring and, and learning from the masters instead of youtube videos and user manuals i i am a great fan of going to sit at the feet of somebody who's been uh, down a certain avenue before me and saying, you know, let me learn. Back to, back to this project. By the time people hear this, the, you know, the Frames magazine newsletter, it's already shared the link. We're going to assume that the Facebook page has, has uh, shared the link. Are, are you looking only for European work right now? And how are you defining the Eastern side of Europe? You know, is, is there a border there? And then what about the people who are not in Europe? What should they be thinking about submissions? No, as, as I said, as, 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 as we said, I mean, the, the project is going, is, is twofold. We have one project that is covering Europe, and then we will have another project that is going to be global. So it will include Europe and all other nations. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm starting getting some some uh, questions from uh, from other other groups, namely the one I was telling you before from New Zealand. So yeah, I mean, uh, submissions we will be we will be taken from everywhere. There is no there is no geographical limit. There is no there is no border. 
And, and what I think it will be beautiful is actually to see the different approaches that somehow reveal different identities. But all these identities will kind of put one near the other. And, and again, the, the idea is to inspire a, a, a common identity, if you like. Is, is there a date that you have in mind that you hope to debut this? I'm looking at uh, next fall. So we are looking at after the summer 2022. Okay. Julio, this has been fascinating. I hope this project uh, creates that lot of work for you. Um, I, I think this is important work, and I think your work is, is impressive, and everybody needs to take a look at it. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you, Scott. Thank you to you, and uh, thanks again to Frames, and thanks to all of those that have had the patience to listen to my blabbering. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye, Scott. Frames. Because excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit us at www.readframes.com.